What's going on, Trophy Kids? We have got a great one for you today. It is the NFL show. We are breaking down every single game, giving out our picks, talking about some coaching rumors going around the world. It is a very good one. I, I think this is one of our best ones yet. So we appreciate your continued support. Thank you for continuing to listen and subscribing um, and telling everybody you know. Thank you for your continued support, and let's go. Gets presented by Bad News Media. It is December 12th. We are back for the NFL podcast. How are we doing today? Good, sir. I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing just dandy. Um, outside of the fact that I seem to not really be able to break above 500 as we were talking pregame show, we went a nice seven for seven, keeping even. Um, you know, that's a fun day. Not a not necessarily, well, it depends on how you do your units, but if you did one across the board, it's not a profitable day, but a fun day. Um, out of 224 bets up until like Thursday night, I have yet to break above 500. I am was literally 112 for 112 on the season. So very interesting point with like five weeks left. <laughs> you're just keeping the ship afloat. You know, yeah. you're not you're not being too aggressive. You're not you're not getting your ass kicked. It's okay. You know? I, I couldn't believe it worked out dead even. Like with that many wagers placed over the course of the season, I was like, this feels like it defies logic at this point. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. just literally go 500. <laughs> on 224 games it's insane <laughs> stupid um but <laughs> it like you wasted your time yeah honestly <laughs> kind of does i was sitting there when i was watching film on tuesday i was like why am i even bothering to, like i'm just gonna start flipping a coin at this point um not actually gonna do that listeners but i honestly i might be as good or just throw throw darts against a board i don't know um i was looking at this week's board and my the initial thought was lord forgive me i'm about to make some dumb dumb plays because there are some games on here where I know better, but I'm going to pull the trigger on some bad teams, and it just it is what it is. I have gone into the week already accepting that right off the bat. Yeah, there are a few that I think maybe uh, might catch people a little bit by surprise. It's kind of a weird board, and then just some of the spreads. I just feel like they're giving credit to teams that I don't really think are that good, and they're even even though they're playing like a shitty team. Just, I don't know. We'll get into them. Yes, we will, and I might as well just start. With the first game of the board, Raiders-Chiefs. The line is set at 10. It's been moving a little bit. Some people might still be seeing 9.5. Some seeing 10, 10.5. Over-unders, 47.5. We're using FanDuel. Well, I am using FanDuel to, to give these lines out. I don't know if 10 points... Uh, my brain has been a ping-pong ball just back and forth on this one because there's a part of me that's like, the Raiders have regressed since their bye week. The John Gruden leaving, we've seen the regression in the offense. The injuries have certainly not helped on them. The defense, you know, got smoked last game. But then you flip it in the Chiefs, you know. They're a roll of the dice, it feels like, week to week. Yeah, they're starting to get better. We're getting closer to the playoffs. They're starting to play real football. But this is a team that loves to push the push, put the floor to the metal. Pedal to the metal, I apologize. And, uh... And that creates turnovers that make it hard to cover a 10-point spread, but it also means that they could absolutely blow them out. Where are you at in this game off the bat? <laughs> you described it very well, I think. Um, it's kind of surprising to see, you know, an 8-4 and four team against a 6-6 six and six team. So, I mean, it's a two-game difference. Get a 10-point spread. I mean, that's a that's something you'd expect, you know, if they're playing, like, Jacksonville yeah. or something. Um, <laughs> right in my I mean, mind. I was literally going to say Jacksonville. That's what yeah, I would expect like, there. <laughs> It, so that's where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous about a spread like that. Um, you know, 
Vegas is, you know, kind of reeling, as we, as you said. Uh, they have already played this year. Casey blew them out. So, I mean, I'm kind of inclined to think Casey will do it again, especially because it is in Kansas City, correct? It is. So that's, I mean, that's going to be pretty big to me, but I hate to do this in, like, the, the first game that we bring up. But I, I, I'm almost not even confident to pick a side on this yet. I, I, I lean Kansas City, but... That's a big spread, especially when it's, it's, I mean, it's a six and 16, like I said, in Vegas, they're not some, you know, two and 18. No. Yeah. It, it, that's fair to have a lean. I, there's a lot of questions when I was going through this game because it's like, what is this Raiders defense going to do? If they go in with the same game plan as last time, they're going to get smoked, I think, again, unless yeah. the Chiefs just throw up on themselves. But if they adjust and do what the teams that have found relative success against this Chiefs offense, and, and that is play a too high shell where you've got two high safeties, keeping everything in front of you, eliminating Tyreek Hill's speed more so than if you're playing, you know, man or trying to double him up with Abram. Um, and if you get Waller back, the Chiefs do struggle against tight ends, um, and that could be a part there. But if you don't have Waller and you have the talent you have, with Renfro is really your only threat offensively. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you can you can kind of contain him. I mean, it's not like he's breaking off big plays here. He's a very serviceable wide receiver. He's played very well this season, but they need more than that. And defensively, I don't know if they'll make the adjustments, but if you're saying make a pick, I I take Raiders on the pure points of 10 just feeling so big because the Chiefs have that element to them because they are pedal to the metal, because they are turnover prone, that they could easily throw up on themselves. I don't think they lose this game. But this is a yeah. game where a backdoor cover is well within reason, I think. But it, it, it's going to require adjustments defensively, and it's going to require a little bit more health offensively for the Raiders, which we don't know yet, just yet, well, with Waller. Actually, Darren Waller was ruled out about an hour. Oh, I missed he it. He's out. Well, then that is a problem. <laughs> 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 That's a problem. I am. I may be switching that. Renfro game. Yeah. I, 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 like, honestly, what do you do as a – like, Deshaun Jackson isn't what he – I mean, that man's lucky if he doesn't pull a hamstring every game. <laughs> Yeah. I uh, mean, you're hoping you're, you're praying that, you know, Deshaun can hit on like, you know, put a stat line up, you know, two receptions, 89 yards and a touchdown, but you can't bank on that anymore with him. Yep, exactly. So I, I just think they just lack the offensive weapons. The offense has decreased since Gruden has left. The defense is not making adjustments like they should. If they do make that adjustment, then we have ourselves a ball game here. But without Waller, I just, yeah. it's tough, but tens a lot, especially against a team that is not incompetent. Um, to say the least. Yeah. All righty. Saints, Jeffs. The, 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 did I just say Jeffs? I think I did. Jets. Jets. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jeff. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you're laying, you're laying five and a half points against the Saints this week. Over under 43. <laughs> this is a game where I may make a stupid pick. <laughs> but I'd like to hear what you're thinking going into this one. So like when I described, like when I was, weirdly describing in the beginning of this podcast where it's like a team that's like not really good playing against the bad team and they're kind of getting like a decent spread. This is kind of one of them. I think, I think I like the jets here. Same. Um, (laughs) This was one, when I said, I'm going to make some picks that are going to sound dumb. This is one of them that I had circled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super confident in it, but I think I like, I think I like the jets. Um, The saints. They're just, I mean, since the shockingly, since the injury of Jameis, my God, the importance of James Winston. Uh, Man's earned himself a future contract with this team, yeah. I think. <laughs> Honestly, he really has, because this team has just gone to complete S since um, that that started. And, I mean, Taysom Hill, he, he just, 
he's not a quarterback. He can't throw the ball. Um, it's just, it's ugly. Um, so uh, I like the Jets here. They probably won't win, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Uh, but I, I like the Jets here getting five and a half at least. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I also, because it is one of those things, yes, I know, you know, the passing game isn't great for the Jets. They are turnover prone. But the Saints have shown that they are susceptible through the air. It's just been a fact of the nature. Like, it's it's a good team, but not really. Um, and to your point, the offense, yeah. it's sputtering. Um, and you don't have a lot of good, valuable options. And if you can make Taysom Hill a drop-back quarterback and focus on just kind of trailing him and having a guy spy him so he's not running all over the place, this becomes a very manageable game for the Jets, I think. So I'm with you. The five and a half, if this is below five and a half, like if we're talking three, then I'm probably taking the Saints. But five and a half, I, I think you just take the value in the points and roll with the Jets. Yeah. This next game is another one where I I, I, I think I'm picking a dumb team again, but I, I, I got to do it. Jags, Titans, the line's eight and a half. You, it's been sputtering. This is another line that's been moving in different directions throughout the week. Over-under is 43 and a half. I can't buy points with the Titans at eight and a half. I can't do it. No, I don't think so. This is a team that, I mean, needed a bye week in the worst way. Um, so they, they had it. But, I mean, things were things were getting bad before that bye week, losing to the Texans, getting smoked by New England. Um, mm-hmm. Eight and a half is big. I know, <laughs> I know Jacksonville got smoked by the Rams. But, I mean, they are the Rams, and they needed – the Rams needed that game. You know that they were going to go in there. They needed to dominate someone. Um yeah, I, I lean towards Jacksonville. Um, this isn't something I really advocate on the podcast too often, but I don't hate teasing Jacksonville. Maybe with the over, then I feel like they're real safe. If if you could do a uh, if you have an app that will take same game teasers, some some do not. This um, is true. I do like um, that though. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty safe. Uh, but I almost I still think even with the eight and a half, like you said, it it sounds weird. You know, we're taking the Jets and the Jags back to back, but. Eight and a half is aggressive where I just don't think I can trust this Titans team. I'm going to have to see them come out and play before I can really trust them again. Correct. And this is a Titans team that, when we look at their offense, relies heavily on getting the run game going. In Jacksonville, while they have tons of issues, they are decently solid as a rush defense. I mean, they're just hovering outside the top 10 in yards allowed per attempt, fewest yards allowed um, per rush attempt. It's a team that if, you know, you're not presenting a huge threat passing wise, which due to some injuries and an inability to run the ball, the Titans can struggle in that area. Um, and so this is a game where eight and a half a lot in the NFL. And it's just like you take value. I'd love a teaser here. If you can tease that up. Um, yeah. Like you said, I love that. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I hate making the pick offensively, this coaching staff. And we said it to begin with, I had zero faith in urban Meyer and it show week in and week out. This team looks next to the tight, Texans, sorry, not Titans. They look like the most ill-prepared team offensively week to week. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I was thinking of it like <laughs> they have one positive thing that Urban Meyer has brought to Jacksonville. Only name one. I mean, he picked Trevor Lawrence, which everyone, anyone could have done. Um, and it's not even Trevor Lawrence is struggling. Uh, I, I don't know what he's done. <laughs> uh, the blonde women of Jacksonville are getting some nice under the table money. <laughs> yeah, maybe that, and maybe he's increased maybe, that economy. <laughs> Yeah, he's increased that, and maybe, you know, they've sold some extra tickets in the beginning, but man, yeah. not good. <laughs> they, not good. They sold an extra 100-season se- ticket packages with Urban's face on it. It's yeah. been, I mean, and we said it, it started with some of the hires he made, decisions he's making. This team is just, he's not an NFL coach, and that's fine, but, like, just know it and go. Like, I, I don't know, 
I don't know what more you need to see. This is not a coaching system where like you can see that it's it's I mean they don't have the talent right now to compete at a high level, but like there are also some terrible coaching decisions that have just been oh, happening. Yeah. And it, it's not even they're not even attempting really offensively to play to their strengths most of the time. And we talked we talked about that week to week and their their use of Robinson and um and how they attack teams. It's it's just bad. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about a team that is very bad right now, in my opinion. And it, it it's a due to some injuries. It's due to some sickness. It's due to some really terrible quarterback play right now. It, probably some coaching issues there, offensive line issues. That is the Baltimore Ravens. They are going against the Browns. The Browns are coming off a bye. They've had a lot of time to prepare for this one. I was actually surprised this was under a field goal. The line I'm seeing right now is at 2.5, over-unders 42.5. But the Browns are also not without their own problems. And you can make similar cases for them as far as injuries and yeah. sickness goes. So I was waiting to see which team you were describing when you were talking. Like, huh. Where's going with this one? <laughs> you could sort of flip a coin and make the argument for both. So yeah. what do we this have in is, store for this one? This is funny. Well, first of all, such a like weird, quirky schedule thing is the Browns' last game was against the Ravens. Yep. That's weird. Um, you don't see that very often. So they're playing the Ravens back-to-back here with the bye in between. Um these teams, it's kind of, it's kind of a shame because I felt like at the beginning of the season this would be like the game of the weekend almost. Yeah, um, and, and you and me just, both. <laughs> yeah, it kind of just sucks because it's like both quarterbacks right now suck. Um, they played against each other two weeks ago, like we said, and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb couldn't run the ball. Devontae Freeman couldn't run the ball, which I mean, if you're relying on Devontae Freeman, I mean that's kind of a glaring issue in, a, in a, of itself. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, they have gone through about five running backs, so um, I understand, but I don't know. This this game, it's, it's weird. I, teams recently have had a lot of success when it comes to getting pressure on Lamar. Obviously, Cleveland can get pressure, but I just, for whatever reason, I, I can't really trust this Browns team. I think I'm actually going to take Baltimore on the money line here, um, but it, I, I think it's going to be like just an ugly, like, kind of like what it was two weeks ago, like 13-10, like 17-14 type game. Just something boring and kind of ugly, but it could all blow up in my, in my face. We'll see. I got a couple things that I don't know if it will change your mind, but I may be on the opposite side of this. But it, this is something where if you you could do the math where like the Browns have technically been preparing for this game for three weeks because they've had the week of preparation for the first game, sure. then they got the bye, and then they got this week's worth of preparation. So they have that benefit due to a weird, like you said, scheduling quirk, as well as Kevin Stavansky is 9-1 and one following a loss, currently the highest oh. win percentage wow. outside of Matt LaFleur currently in the NFL, which I was surprised by. Um, now... This is a weird game because there are question marks everywhere. There's question marks to Baker Mayfield's health and if how healthy is he. You hope that during the bye week he got a little healthier, but he is clearly struggling due to some injury issues and just Baker being Baker. Um, you have a Ravens defense that's banged up. That's secondary. I mean, the bodies oh. that they have to throw out there are dwindling yeah. by the minute. Um, and then you have an offensive line and the Browns that have had some injuries, you have an offensive line in the Ravens that has played very poorly. So these are two teams that are just kind of crumbling to get to the finish line. They are in the they are in the part of the marathon where you're shitting all over yourself and cramping and just want to see the finish line. So that's where I feel like these two teams are at. What? 
not not a part of the marathon you want to be a spectator at where they're all they're all just shitting all over <laughs> no not not the part of the course you want to be posted up having a beer or <laughs> cheering on that waters and that's fine yeah with your you can do it mom or dad sign um you're you're about to see your parents in a state or your boyfriend or friend or whatever in a state that they don't want to be in um <laughs> That's kind of where these football teams are at. They, yeah, I would agree. This is a this is a this is sort of a make or break potentially for both these teams as to where the season's heading for them. Um, on the Ravens side, do we think their issues are fixable? I think they are, but like, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. I think offensively, defensively, I think it's fixable. It's just get healthier. Um, yeah. You know, Humphreys being out's a problem. And, and the offense sort of that way, but, like, Lamar's really underplaying. Greg Roman, I don't think is the entire issue. He seems to be getting the vast majority of the blame, but his play calling has been shoddy, you know, not consistent week to week. It, is it fixable offensively for the Ravens at this point in time? I, I don't know if it is this year. Um, I mean, it could That's look fair. better, but um, I, I think a lot of it is, honestly kind of just personnel currently i mean lamar's has to do so much he i mean marquise brown he's not a true number one we know that Devonte freeman hasn't been a true running number one running back in six years yeah. um shout out michael yee um, <laughs> <laughs> that, all the friends are getting shout outs today <laughs> yeah. um yeah they just they just, I think it's kind of just personnel with them where they just, other than, you know, Lamar, Mark Andrews, they just kind of lack talent overall in the offense right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I'm going Browns on this one. I think we're going to have a difference in opinion. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just going to go Browns. For the health of yeah. the podcast, we're going to have a little difference of opinion here. I'm going Browns. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to find the Portage on before the end of the race. All righty. Um, yeah. And a team, I feel bad for Browns. I feel bad for both these fan bases because, man, the hopes were so high. And I'm, I'm not saying the season's over yet for these two teams, but it's, like we said, it's dark days are potentially coming for both these franchises right now in the offseason. Teams like the Ravens, who are, I think are 8-4, and four, they, like, they kind of wish that um, this was still like a 16-game season. They're like, you know, yes. <laughs> it'd be better just to wrap this up sooner or we can maybe... <laughs> lock up a playoff spot like, yeah because <laughs> yeah, I mean the record if you just look through the record you're like oh they're eight and four but like anybody who's been watching this team week to week is like oh they're limping yeah the wheels are about to fling off and the Browns are similar where like they're sitting at six and six and you would I mean yeah. at least I did going into the season thought they would be winning this division so it's yeah. it's underperformance right now yeah all right Falcons Panthers the lines at two and a half over under 41 and a half I don't really have a good feel for this spread, but I do kind of like the total here for a potential mm-hmm. under. How are we feeling on this game from your point of view? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to get an idea of what's going to happen in the game. I do like the under as well. Um, I kind of like this to be, you know, let's all overreact and think Cam Newton's amazing again because the Falcons, they can't get pressure on you anybody uh, <laughs> so i think cam will actually have time you know to throw good balls uh take off you know run a little bit i'm leaning carolina but i'm, I'm more with you kind of more confident in the under i could just see the clock just 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 draining in this game just this being like a less than three hour game this thing wraps up by like 345 <laughs> yep that's exactly what i'm thinking because these two offenses are off like a herd of turtles they have very little pace they yeah. are a team in you know the carolina panthers where matt rue came out or rule sorry 
now giving a shout out to another friend, um, <laughs> came out this week and, uh, I mean, he fired Joe Brady, wants to run the ball more, hired the running backs coach to be the offensive coordinator. It'd be interesting to see if they use some more design runs with Cam because of that, though, which could be very right. interesting. And then you have the Falcons on the other side where this offense plays with zero pace. There's, like, no urgency to this team. And they have... <sighs> Not enough weapons to really do much. I mean, Kyle Pitts is coming on, and Ridley's nice, but it's just not. There's just not the weapons there. Carolina's defense is good enough. They're still good to really put a hurting on there. To your point, yeah. like I envision this, this game where this clock is just rolling because it's a lot of running, it's a lot of stuff inbounds, and it's just a, teams with that don't play with a ton of pace. And I kind of like the first half under, and then I also sort of like the full game under at 41 and a half um, and 21 for the first half. So that that's kind of where I'm playing on this one. I just feel like this is tick, 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 tick time just flying off the clock for this one. Yeah. All righty. Let's talk about it. One of the best yeah. rivalries still in pro sports. It's seen some better days, but it's, it's yeah. still hanging in there. We are referring to the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team. The line is at four and a half. The over-under is at 48 and a half. Your Washington football team is trying to do a repeat of last season. I mean, started off two and six last year, became the second team in NFL history to make the playoffs after starting two and six. Essentially the same thing here this year where they had they started off basically the same, firmed up recently, ripped off 4-1, four games straight in this coming into this one. Where are you at in this game? What's your initial kind of read on this one? I mean, yeah, it's been fun. We've, I mean, I've got to give it to the coaching staff. They have they made adjustments after that bye week. Um, you can see it. You can see it in the defense, just the way, you know, the packages we bring out, the personnel, just everyone's responsibility is different. You can tell. Um, this is a tough game for me. I think I like us at the four and a half, to be honest. Um I don't know if I like a winning. This strikes me as like a field goal type game. Yep. I can see it just kind of being where we just come up a little short. Um, I mean, four straight, we're, we're rolling right now. I mean, due theory is a thing. Um, I think we're due. Yep. <laughs> and Dallas, they're getting more healthy, which is, you know, not exciting for us. Um, so we'll see. I, I will say, had you asked me this like five weeks ago, I'd almost would have said, you know, let's not even play the game. Um, <laughs> I'm I think that's fair. As, yeah, yeah. I'm not nearly as scared as them I used to. Um, you know, so fuck them. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I do like us plus four and a half. And part of my language there. Oh, you're good. Uh, we have me as a host, so <laughs> that the language is. I still got my mother calling me, telling me to watch my language on this thing. So, um. Yeah, I, this is an interesting matchup. This matchup has become much more interesting the last couple of weeks due to kind of the turnaround of both teams to a way. I mean, the Cowboys are getting way healthier um, for this game, which is not great given, you know, you would say if you're going to attack this defense, it's to attack them through the air and the football team. Um, and getting healthier at the wide receiver position on the offensive line is not exactly what you want to have here. But similar to last season, defenses seem to be filling, figuring out Kellen Moore's kind of game plan and strategy and, and the offense yeah. has had some regression since their bye week you yeah. flip it the Washington football team sort of doing what they did last year you know towards the back end of the season the defense is starting to figure it out you know they're not I wouldn't say like an elite defense right now but they are figuring it out and they're firming it up um and then on the other side I'm wondering how much this weighs into the the recent success of the football team the player Tyler Heineke he is a guy that from my read of it correct me if I'm wrong, but is a guy that makes enough plays 
And if you keep the game short, there's a real faith in him that, oh, as long as we keep this game within a certain score, like our offense is a threat. And having that type of player that like as long as you keep the game reasonable, you have a guy that makes a lot of plays when it's needed and is kind of electric. And that kind of helps boost the morale of the entire team and ups the play. Yeah, I mean, you're you nailed it. Taylor Heineke has crazy sounds. He's I mean, he is. He's electric. He's I mean, there's just something there's something about him the way he carries himself on the field. You can just see it. It's just different. And I was just like I was watching the game last night and you see Kirk Cousins throw an awful fourth quarter interception. I'm just like it's just like the moment gets just like I'm not saying Taylor Heineke's better, but he's and he's not, but I'm just like I don't think he would do that. Like, the, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's there's something about him where, yeah, you're right. Just like if the game is close, I'm very confident because he's just got he's just like a winner. He's just a baller. It's weird. He's, Correct. He's a gamer. It's strange. No matter how bad he's playing throughout yeah. the game, as long as you keep it close towards the end, he just seems to have a gear that kind of like kicks in and he's going to make some plays. Now, you still might lose the game, but just having yeah. that kind of quarterback, I think, helps greatly defensively. That you don't kind of get on yourselves if you give up a bad play here or there. You're like, you know what? We just got to f- resettle, focus, and we got a guy on the other side that can go win a game for us if we need to, which is much different than having a guy that you know, man, if we need him to go win a game, I don't know if he can do that. And that's more demoralizing from a defensive standpoint. Now, offensively, I think this is an interesting matchup because the Cowboys' past defense has gotten way better. And the game within the game, I think, speaking of Tyler Haneke, is the matchup between Tyler Haneke and Micah Parsons. Because I do think they're going to try to use Micah Parsons to kind of spy Haneke and, and just kind of, hey, your job is to kind of just follow him around to make sure he's not out there making a ton of plays. And that game within the game is very interesting for this one, I think. Yeah, I agree. How do you think the offense matches up passing-wise versus that Cowboys pass defense? Um, so, like, one thing that worries me about um, our, our passing offense and just Taylor's passing um, and the way Dallas plays against the pass is Dallas is super opportunistic and a lot of Taylor's balls. I mean, that's, that's his biggest issue is his arm strength. They tend to kind of float and there's like about three or four every game that I'm like, I see it in the air and I'm like, Oh, like and it, most of the time they don't get picked, but I am concerned about a team like Dallas, you know, a player like Diggs. Um, I, I am concerned about them jumping a lot of the routes. Um, hopefully, you know, we can, you know, take advantage of them jumping routes, but that, that is a big concern I have, especially with their pass defense. I, I, I could see Taylor turning the ball over a few times in this game. I feel like that's fair. And I, the one thing that it gives me a little bit confidence as somebody who is also going to be back in the Washington football at four and a half is that Terry, scary Terry is the best wide receiver in the league at contested balls right now. So yeah. As long as you're not floating them to the point where that route can get jumped or get jumped, and you're giving a 50-50 ball, I like that battle within the game. There's a lot of within-the-game battles for this one that I am just loving. I think this is a very nice matchup. It Looking way more pros... Like, it could end up being a blowout. I don't think it will. I think Mike, this is a game where we start to see Mike McCarthy really start to... to, to <laughs> to unravel i think mike the clock is my biggest enemy mccarthy is coming out in this one and probably from here on out because now football games get real now we are in crunch time now the pressure is amplified and this is kind of the spot that i had circle on the calendar i was a little worried about it because of how the football team has been playing to start but they've given enough hope that i think four and a half keeping it within four and a half is well within reason here yep and i think one big thing will be tony pollard's health he hasn't practiced all week 
so yep. questionable. Him being out would be pretty big because, I mean, there are rumors that you know Zeke is not 100%. So. And that would be a huge advantage for the football team because, well, maybe not huge because it may force them to pass the ball more, but if they come in trying to be a little bit more run-heavy against this Washington football team, that is a strength of the defense, I would oh, I would say. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what which version of the Cowboys we get. But this is, I think for them, the risk is way higher because this is a point where, like, they really should, if they really want to be a contender, they should really burn you here. And if they don't yeah. burn you here, and this is a competitive game, which I think it will be, I think there's concern on the Cowboys' side because this is a game where when you really look at it, 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 it has all the makings for a potential blowout, but I can easily see this being very close. <laughs> Yeah, if that made sense. I don't know if that made mm-hmm. sense, but that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> All righty, Texan Seahawks. We have a David Mills sighting because Tyrod Taylor has been benched. They are going to give David the keys to the car, which honestly, at this point in the season, sort of makes sense. You might as well see what you have in the guy. I don't think they have much. The line is at eight and a half. The over under is forty one. How are we feeling about this game? And good old Pete Carroll up in Seattle. Oh, good old Pete. Um, <laughs> poor Pete. Uh, poor Pete. <laughs> This it's really game, a shame yeah. he doesn't lean into the, the passing game because then I call him Pistol Pete and then it'd be a lot more fun. He's like a gunslinger out there. And no, the old man is being an old man and the sky is falling and wants to run the ball all the time. Wants to run the ball all the time and like they can't even figure out the running game to begin with. It makes no sense. Um, I, I don't know what they what what old Pete's doing up there, but the Texans are horrific. God, they're bad. <laughs> so I mean, they bad. Didn't, I mean, 31-0 to the, the Colts. I mean, just smoke them. Um, and... Russ came out, you know, finally appears to be healthy. Um, I think the, the eight weeks or whatever they recommended came up, and look, he's healthy, so that's interesting. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm going to say I, I, I'm leaning towards Seattle here. Um, it is a pretty big spread for them to, for them to cover, but I just, Houston's just so bad. They, they, they just don't even like scoring. They, I mean, it's just – Yep. I, yeah, I, I got to go Seattle. A number within – 10, I have virtually zero confidence in the Texans to cover. If this game was like 15, I'd be like, okay, yeah, now we can maybe talk. <laughs> 13, we can talk. But anything under 10, at 10 or under, I have no confidence in backing the Texans. This team is the worst team in football. I think we can say that now that the Lions have won a game because it, yeah. you know it's hard to sit here and be like, the Texans are the worst team in football when you have a winless team roaming out there in the Lions. But right. I, I, I am ready to say the Texans are the worst team in football. Um, it's a bad situation. It's a shame, too, with Seattle. Seattle and Vikings are very similar in this problem that their head coaches fail to identify the best parts of their team and maximize the production of that. And it's the same thing here in Seattle. Your best part of your team is your passing attack. And they fail week in and week out to maximize the production there. I mean, Russ is starting to, you know, get better, as you said. But, like, the the game plan is not suitable to what they have. And you make the same case for the Vikings, who finally figured it out on Thursday night in the first half where they were like, oh, that's right, our offense is by far the best. And we should be focusing on creating a plan that maximizes the talent we have there. And they sort of did that. But that's where Seattle is at. But... I do like it here. The Texans are just a yeah. disaster. I, I I have no confidence in betting them. You can't. Let's talk Lions, Broncos. These two teams too. Broncos heartbreaking cover, non cover last week, blown cover. Yeah. They should have covered that game. My God, yeah. was I angry about that one. This line is at ten. The Lions finally got their win. There are some rumors. There was some heavy partying going on after that win. There are some now illnesses 
potentially that are going to throw a, a little wrench in this game for the Lions. But is this game, where are we at in this game? With a team in the Broncos who I think are figuring out Teddy is not the guy, great story, but not the guy, who are kind of without really a direction, and the Lions who are feisty, but, you know, it's still the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's at the end of the day, they are still the Lions. And you're right, the Broncos, they're, you don't really know what to make them. They, you know, they do have a good defense. Um, Teddy, you know, you know, definitely is not the guy. Um, I don't think, you know, they have the guy on the roster, unfortunately for them. That's always, that seems to always be an issue in Denver. Um, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Feels like Elway's yeah. really striking out yeah. on that job of his. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably, you know, somehow like acquire, maybe possible, see him like acquire Rogers and, you know, he can just, you know, use that, you know, to keep that career going the next five more years. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. It's, it's, yeah, he can't figure it out unless he just acquires a legend. Correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of a weird game because if it were like seven, the spread would be like seven, I'd be all over the Broncos just based on their defense. Detroit going into Denver. It's going to be cold. Um, it's, it's, we were, we were in Denver. When we were there, I was just kind of like, this feels like it'd be a hard place to play. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a vibe I had when I was there. Mixed um, with the altitude and then the cold weather at this point, it feels like it'd be a, and this is a dome team in lines where they don't yeah. play outside in Detroit. It, I agree with that take. <laughs> They're a dome team, you know. They've currently got a flu that. outbreak on their squad. Yeah. yeah, and before that, golf was, you know, living in sunny Los Angeles. Oh, God, um, yeah. But Kids from Cal. I grew yeah. up in L.A. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Like this, this is a miserable game for him. But at the same time, I, I'm concerned. Do the Broncos have the ability to score enough points to cover ten? <laughs> so uh, when I say that to myself, I kind of lean Lions. Where I'm like, oh, if this is a touchdown. I'd love Denver, but ten just that's a big spread for them. And the Lions, they are feisty. Um, but I don't know. This is this is kind of a tough game for me. This is a game that will probably make it into like a two or three team teaser for me, where I tease the Broncos down. Um, yeah. The total, because it's so hard for me here to, because I just I don't know the impact of the sickness. There's like 22 players that didn't practice today due to a flu outbreak on on the Lions. Um, I, I don't know what the impact there is going to be, but it does feel where Denver is. They're a good defense. Vic Vangio is one of the better defensive-minded coaches in the league. That includes defensive quarters, head coaches, does a great job scheming up there. The Lions are feisty, and to your point, I don't know if Denver has enough in them to cover a 10-point spread. Like, to win by 11, uh, I don't love that. I love them more in a teaser and teasing them down to four. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I'd probably lean maybe an under here at 42, because this has... This has all the makings of just a stinker, <laughs> like a seven yeah. to three game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an under. <laughs> yeah, it'd be an under by a a mile high, an under by a mile high. But boom, we bring the jokes here. <laughs> um, let's talk about another team dealing with some injuries, and actually both teams. Giants, Chargers. The line is at nine, which. When you initially hear that, you go, wow, aren't Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both out? How is the line at nine? And then you remember, oh, right, Jake Fromm might be the starting quarterback for the New York Giants this week. Yeah, Still a high total, still a high number, but, oh, man, yeah, that's a hard one to handicap. How are you approaching this game? It's tough. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, the, you know, they're missing, you know, Chargers are missing their number one and number two wide receivers, so that's obviously concerning. Um, and then... Jake Fromm might be playing. Last I saw, it, it looks like Glennon, I think, is going to give it a go. Um, 
I mean, I heard, yeah, he's, he, they've moved him to the questionable camp that he's, okay. but it's, it's, yeah. it is, it is looking more probable than not that he'll at least try. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess that's better. I mean, it's not great. Um, <laughs> I, and that uh, I still, I can't put money on the giants. They're so bad. I just think Justin Herbert, his arm talent alone, just, he can get the ball to anyone. So I'm, I'll take the Chargers to cover the nine. The Giants, they're just they're horrific. Joe Judge is a joke. He's a clown. This is a team I don't know how they haven't walked out the building on him. Like, this is a squad. And I, I think it was – I think we talked about this. I, I talked about it with somebody where somebody brought it to my attention that, like, even at the beginning of the season, I think it was, like, Pat McAfee was, like, they're out there doing push-ups. Like, there ain't no way. I think you, you may have told me that. Uh, I don't remember. but They're running laps and stuff. Yeah, he's like, there's no way I'd be doing that as a professional athlete. And I, I think this is a situation where, you know, <laughs> we got Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator. We got Joe Judge as the head coach. We've got Mike Lennon as the starting quarterback or Jake Fromm. Pick your poison. They both stink, like Mike Lennon. Mm. Former high school alum there. But, like, we do. We do it's just not good. It's not a good product. So I'm with you. I, I, I can't put my hard-earned dollars on the Giants. I'll stay away from the game entirely, but for the purposes of the, the pod, I will be taking the Chargers. But with... It, yeah, it's just... A, that's a tough game. <laughs> yeah. Due to the injuries. 49ers Bengals. I like this game. It's just a game. It's an interesting one to me. The line's at one and a half. 49ers are favored over under 48 and a half. What do you make of this one? This is a very interesting game to me. It's just, I don't really know what to make of it because they're both like, are these teams real? Are they not? Um, I wonder if San Fran is able to keep up with an offense like Cincy. They're able, you know, they're able to put up points. Um, that's, that's kind of where I'm, you know, concerned for San Fran. Um, and this game, just it being a, it's kind of one of those things where I come up here, you know, every once in a while on the podcast for it, it's just, to me, this is a pick so I, I just got to go Bengals money line just, just off the value alone. I mean, you can't not you can't just let that go by. Read my mind. Um, yeah. I have legitimate concerns about the 49ers' ability to stop Joe Nixon at all or any running game they throw at them. I mean, they're currently 21st in the league um, at yards allowed per rush attempt at 4.4. Um, this is a team, like you said, I don't know if I have a whole lot of confidence offensively that if this game starts to get out of control, because the Bengals, as we've all seen, I know they're dealing with some injuries but on offense, but like this is a team that has insane depth offensively and just talent kind of everywhere. So even with some recent injuries and some guys banged up, there's still a lot there. And if they try to get into a shootout, I don't think the 49ers have it in them. They also can run the ball. I think the Bengals are going to kind of be able, as long as they have somewhat of a balanced attack, sort of be able to do whatever they want in this game. And the defense is good enough that I don't, because they've spent the money there. To your point, I just don't know where the points are going to come from the 49ers if they have to get into a shootout. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it doesn't really, you, you wouldn't know it based on the score last week, but the Bengals almost came back and beat the Chargers when they were down like 29-0. If Joe Mixon doesn't fumble, I mean. Yep. At one point, the game was like 26-26, I think. It was crazy. Yeah. I was like, this is the craziest comeback I've ever seen. Um, and then, you know, the final score doesn't make it look like that, but Correct. they almost won that game. Um, yeah, I think the Bengals, just, they're just, in my opinion, a little too explosive for San Fran. I agree. I 100% wholeheartedly agree. The value there for the money line, it is a money line pick for me as well. All righty. Buffalo Bills, Bucks. I cannot believe this game. There's got to be some scheduling issue or something. Is not the Sunday night game. Yeah. Insane to me. The line's at three and a half. Over unders 53 and a half. This game makes me somewhat nervous only because 
we're getting a pissed off Bills defense who has just been getting dragged through the mud this week in the media, as well as sort of a pissed off Bills offense. But then I remember we have like the most efficient offense right now. We have just an insane amount of talent that oozes all over the place. They're without White at corner, who is really their best defensive player and difference maker. I don't know who is going to even have a shot at locking down some of the offensive weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then there are concerns on our secondary and what Josh Allen can do. What do you make of this game? And better yet, do you think there is any hangover or boost from the loss to the Pats last week? Um, God, that I that Pats Bills game, like to me, like you almost gotta like throw it out. We kind of got screwed because we were like, this is gonna be a great test to see kind of like where both teams are at. Yeah. We have no idea. That wasn't a real game. No, nope. <laughs> you got <laughs> Kurt Warner out there this week, just being like, this is why we need a dome. I got nothing out of this game. I'm like, yeah. I kind of liked it, but at the same time, I sort of also kind of agree because I would have loved to see these two teams yeah. play at their best. <laughs> It was fun to watch because it was quirky and it's always fun, like weather games and yeah. football is always hilarious, but like we didn't get kind of like what we wanted. Um, but for this game, I, I think, I think they will come out, you know, kind of firing. I agree. Um, this is kind of a game where I think the bills may get out to an early lead, but I could see Tampa Bay, like just kind of storming back. Yeah. Um, I like Tampa Bay to win this, but you give me that hook and I'm taking Buffalo all day on this game. Um, so I'm leaning Buffalo plus one and a, plus three and a half, but I do like Tampa Bay to win the game, but I, I kind of, I am a little concerned about, you know, Josh Allen, you know, maybe picking that secondary apart a little bit. That is my concern. I, I think last week we got reconfirmation that, well, I love Sean McDermott. I think he's a great head coach. I think what he's done with that Bills organization, I know Bills like radio apparently was just ripping him. Like we need to burn this whole thing down to the ground and start over and like all that stuff. Stupid. It's <laughs> like, you don't, I think you guys have forgotten how much better you have gotten since He's gotten there because you were a dumpster fire before he got there. Yeah. Um, as well as 41% of the Pats rushing offense came off of three plays. Like they ran the ball 46 times and 41% of the total night production from the rushing game came off four, three plays. So like the like, well, yes, they did sort of run the ball down them a little bit. Like the Bills defense did their job. The offense did not maximize when they had the wind, which was weird given you have Josh Allen who can throw the ball yeah. out the stadium. Um, you made some poor decisions with kicking the football. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on that side of the field. It, it was just a lot of poor decision-making offensively, and that's where I fear the correction may come this week. And, like, yeah. Brian Dable and Sean McDermott and all and Josh Allen and all of them kind of getting that, that gut punch, like, oh, we got to come correct this time. Um, and so that's where I get a little uneasy about this game. But then I do think, due to the white injury... I think the Bucks are going to sort of have their way with them, with that defense. I'm going to pick the Bucks because I'm a homer. I'm disclaiming that right now. I will in no good conscience throw bad vibes out with this game because I am nervous about this game, and I need us to win this game quite nicely, so I will not put the vi- bad vibes into the world of me taking the Bills plus three and a half. Take that as you will. Read the tea leaves. Don't read the tea leaves, but I'm taking the Bucks at three and a half for the pure fact I don't want bad vibes in the world on this one. I like it. All right. Bears-Packers. This game stinks out loud for a Sunday night. Maybe we'll get a good one. Maybe the Bears will say, let's have some pride. This man came in and said he owned us last time. The line is set at 12, over-under 43.5. Is there any chance this is a game and the Bears cover this number, or do the Packers just have their way with them? I lean towards 
agreeing with that man saying he owns them because he does own them. Uh, <laughs> Embarrassingly <he's>, so. <laughs> yeah, he has owned them for well over a decade. Um, Bears are just a dumpster fire. I, I'm shocked they even have four wins. I really am. Um, like, they're terrible. So, no, I, I think the Packers cover this pretty easily. I, I mean, Rodgers, he owns them. Yep. 100%. Here's a fun thing, because we've been saying this kind of week in to week out about just how bad in the year 2020 the Bears offense is and how Matt Nagy just thinks he's like this genius but is producing one of the worst offenses ever. I have a stat to back it up about just how bad it is. Bill Zimmerman tweeted this out. Matt Nagy's passing offense is averaging 173.8 yards per game. Good for last in the NFL. By comparison, Sid Luckman from 1943 to 1947 averaged 189.5 passing yards per game. So Matt Nagy's passing offense is literally less efficient than the Bears' 1940s passing offense. What is going on? <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Wow. <laughs> I mean... Are you serious? What? <laughs> That's great. In a, 80 years ago. 80 years ago, in a league that is... The rules are written to make passing offenses more oh, efficient yeah. this year. Or not even just this year, but just in general. Oh, yeah. And the offenses have come so far along, and Matt Nagy's over here worse than the 1940s Bears passing offense. Incredible. I mean, we're, in an, we're in an era where quarterbacks are throwing for 5,000 <laughs> yes. yards, and this guy's throwing for an 80, 180 yards a game. It's so bad. Um, I think we should probably take the Packers then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. I mean, unless the Bears have some pride and really come out and put a full front effort defensively and play better, then we've essentially seen them play all year. And yeah. the offense comes together, and Justin Fields, I mean, he's got a rib injury. Apparently what I heard is that it's more of like a pain management thing. The last time he had a pain management thing, he did quite well, but that was in college. Uh, I, I'm with you. I just... I can't in good conscience lay any money with the Bears. I'm not betting this game, but I can't. I can't in good conscience lay it. <laughs> nah, can't do that. Rams Cardinals lines at two. Over under is fifty one and a half. The Rams had their get right game, as we said they needed to against the Jags last week. Does that carry into this one, or do the Cardinals continue to own that division and be arguably the best team in the NFL right now? Um, I mean, I'm kind of just learning to. Trust the Cardinals. Um, I mean, which is weird to say, but I, yeah, I don't disagree. It's, it's super weird to say, and it's been—I mean, it's been kind of a long. It's been a long season where we're kind of avoiding saying that we think the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL. I mean, I feel like everyone yep. has been avoiding it. Oh, but yeah. We we gotta say they are because I mean, what they're, they're ten and two, I believe. Yep. I mean, one loss is a. One loss is a Colt McCoy loss. I mean, and one was to the Packers by three. Right, the Packers at Pax too, in Lambeau. Yeah, right. And I think that was in the game when Kyler like threw it to AJ Green. He just like wasn't looking at the ball. Yep, yeah. correct. I mean, yeah, so <laughs> I think we got it until you know this team proves that you know they're gonna start losing. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I, I don't do it super confidently because I do think you know the Rams are after that getting that win there, I think that will be a lot for them. I think that it might be able to carry over into this game, but until I see the Cardinals, you know, you know, misstep pretty much, I'm yep. not going to you know, bet against them. Yeah, I, I think it's it's so funny because you are 100% right. We all, for whatever reason, are just... Oh, we've been holding off on it. For so long, and I think nobody wants to be the first one through that door and then have the Cardinals 
blow up like that because you got Lincoln Riley there. I don't think anybody Lincoln Riley. Good night. <laughs> I mix them up too. I really do. That's not that weird to me. But you got Cliff there. Yes. But we, I, do, dude, I do the same thing. We have Cliff. Cliff. Yeah. I, like my brain just. All right. We got Cliff, who I don't think anybody wants to recognize. Like everybody's just holding their breath for like when is this guy going to mess up? Because that was kind of the conventional wisdom that like he's sort of coaching out of his depth. But so far, not the case. They play a style of football that everybody just kind of writes off as like backyard football that just is waiting for it to kind of implode on them. But maybe that just style this year is going to work better than anything because they have a team that is built. They have a quarterback who that is the type of plays you want to have making, like he is in the backyard just running around for his life, throwing the ball over the place. You have a wide receiver core that produces. you got a defense that plays good enough. Like This team is just good, and we do have to acknowledge that. Until proven otherwise, these two teams are, you know, they got the good right, the get-right game last week for the Rams. Statistically, I know they're off the charts, but it's not producing on the field. There's something disconnecting there. Until they show more consistency and until the Cardinals show less consistency, I think you're 100% right. You just kind of take the Cardinals and roll on with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of... Especially under a field goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I thought it was funny. <laughs> you were just talking about Cliff, though, but I'm just like... I thought it was funny when, that for like a split second there when Kingsbury had the, the Oklahoma rumors and just thinking, I'm like... He didn't win in the Big 12 with Patrick Mahomes, but why would he go back? Like, what? Why would he leave a job where he's currently 10-2 and two in the NFL for a gig? Not only that are they going to the SEC, but he uh, yeah, failed. Yeah, He failed at uh, yeah, Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll stay in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, did you hear the rumors uh, for co- the next college coach to make the jump to the NFL? trying to think of who I would pick to for it to be. This no, will go disastrously if it happens. Hell. The man Debo is rumored for oh potentially the Raiders. God, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I no, saw no, that no, rumor no, floating no. around. That is that is almost the equivalent to Urban Meyer. Like Debo I mean, this is the guy who sprints down the hill by himself, like trying to, you know, cause, I mean, he's like a me, me, me guy. Like, yeah. Dabo is such a me. You cannot be a me guy as a head coach in the NFL. No. no, 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 no. He no. screams college head coach. Not like his personality is Greg Schiano on steroids in the NFL. Like the most controlling dude. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. They, they will look at him being way too phony. They will not respect him. Nope. Also, Dabo's in for a world of hurt because he just lost his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. And I have been saying for years to anybody who will listen, this man is he is a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but he is not nearly as good as everybody thinks he is. He is good because his coordinators have stayed by his side for like a decade plus. And they're the best at they, what they do. <laughs> There's a lot of coaches that are like that. It's not a bad thing. I think he's a no, great yeah. leader of men. Um, I don't know how good he is when it comes down to the X's and O's of like the game. Correct. And we're going to get that with like, because Saban. Good motivator too. Yeah, Saban. Motivator. Coordinators come and go. The product stays the same because he's a great head coach. Like there are, you know, it's the same thing with Ed Ogeron. Like he was a, he was a great recruiter, good leader, but he, he couldn't coach the X's and O's and he needed good coordinators to do it. I think it's a similar and situation. And the greatest the greatest talent ever. Correct. Yes. Which Dabo sort of has also had at Clemson. So, right. um, yeah, I, I think that uh, he's in for... We're going to test that theory. The theory that I've had for a long, long time on Dabo. Um, but, yeah, I heard that rumor that he may be... 
he may maybe a candidate. It'd be so funny. I would. Ah, it would be the best. That would implode fifty times bigger than what Urban's imploding has. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. Absolute disaster. Um. All righty. I think that does it. I don't really have anything else. Anything else before we finish this up? I got nothing. All right, we're going hard washing football team and Bucks, and that's how we're rolling. (laughs) All righty, everybody. We will talk to you all next week. And as always, peace.
Thank you.